Patrick, it is so great to have you over to the podcast studio sharing this bottle of wine entitled Psyche, which is awesome, right? Because that's the name of the podcast. And uh, yeah, I've been looking forward to our conversation all week. Uh, you're definitely one of my favorite guests and just a good friend. And I'm always interested to see where our conversations are going to go. And and I know this time, um, for anyone who's listening, we, we, we have been looking at the major arcana in the tarot, but we're going to kind of take a detour from that. Maybe the tarot will come up at some level, but we're going to focus on our connection to Puerto Rico, since we're both originally from the island. And at another level, we're connected because our our mothers were Puerto Rican, but our fathers were American. And so I think we're going to kind of explore that a little bit. Yeah. It's a pleasure to be here, Kike, as well. I've been looking forward to having this conversation with you. Uh, we've talked about this before, but I feel like uh, there's so much to explore in terms of, of this topic so I felt like it was just uh, uh, a good idea to take a break from the tarot for a while, even though we might, as you say, uh, go into it a little bit, you know, and, and, and but it always in the context of uh, Puerto Rico and what it means to us and, and our own personal experiences uh, with Puerto Rico. Yeah. So I, I think where I want to start, you know, we were kind of talking about this before we hit record is just in terms of my experience, I was born there in uh, San Juan. And my parents and family moved to the United States when I was about two years old. And so I grew up in like the greater Houston area and went back once when I was a child and then a few times since I've been an adult back to the island. And I guess where I want to start is part of my experience as a human, as an individual living in the world has been always struggling with this sort of hybrid identity is maybe one way that I want to frame it. I, if you, if you look at me, I, I look Caucasian, you know, no one ever thinks, oh yeah, he's from Puerto Rico or he's Latino or Hispanic. I don't think anyone ever thinks, yeah, he's Puerto Rican. Everyone always assumes uh, that I'm, you know, white or Caucasian or from the United States. But, you know, even though I speak, I do speak both languages. I feel a lot more comfortable now with English. My first language was Spanish. I had to learn English when I came to the United States. I think I've always struggled with not really feeling fully like a Puerto Rican because I don't look like the stereotypical Puerto Rican, although even that's a type of myth because if you go to the island, you see all beautiful colors and there's not one way that you know a Puerto Rican looks, but I think there's kind of the stereotype with a little bit darker skin and a certain kind of hair, which I definitely don't have. So I've always felt like different at that level. But then when it comes to the United States, you know, I God, I grew up in intense poverty and now have sort of elevated, not to a level of wealth, but definitely, you know, middle, upper middle class. But I've never really felt like I belong there either. I don't know that I share the same values. I've always felt like alien in the kind of larger Caucasian, kind of wealthier kind of setting that I find myself in. So I'm not trying to say woe is me, but I have always felt a bit alienated from, from both sides. And I think I carry that. That's interesting. I can I can relate to that completely, one hundred percent. My story is slightly different because I was born in New York. Uh, you know, uh, it's just like you. No, I didn't realize that. Yeah. I didn't realize you were actually born in New York. Yeah, I grew up in, in well until I was up to four years old. Um, my brother, my sister, my mom, my my dad. We all lived in New York, but uh, after my parents got divorced, then my mom moved down to Puerto Rico. Okay. So uh, you know. 
right before I was going into school and to kinder, you know, I, I had the experience, you know, just as you, you had having to learn another language, but this, in my case, it was the opposite. I had to learn Spanish mm. and, and it, it proved a little difficult, but even more difficult for my brother and my sister who were preteens. So they were very much into, you know, ingrained in the American, you know, uh, way of thinking and, 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 and English as, as the first language was very much part of who they were. So just having to uh, uh, change that and, and having to learn uh, to adapt to, to Puerto Rican society and culture. And I'm not talking about San Juan, I'm talking about Aguadilla, that, which is a completely different uh, island experience for those who hear us, uh, listen to us, uh, Puerto Rico. It's a very small island. Maybe and, we can go there a little we, bit. We should we should talk Cause, about cause, that. Because San Juan, I think a lot of people will know as the yeah, capital. San Juan is where the major most airport know. is. Yeah, and when you go and do as a tourist, most people would know San Juan either by cruise ship, or they just do a stop in San Juan. They know old San Juan. They know you know that that's the capital. Of course, uh, everyone knows San Juan. But what most uh, other people don't know is that there's this other side of the island, which in, in the island they call La Isla, verdad? It's a, ah, tu vienes de la isla. So, so it, meaning that when I go to San Juan and they, and, and they hear me talk, they can, they can infer I'm not from the capital okay. because my accent is you know, slightly different, even as a small island as it is. Uh, there are differences. Uh, you know, for, uh, Aguadilla is a small coastal town in the west and and the thing is that people are more, uh, you know, there is already an insular uh, feeling to the island, very colonial uh, in its mindset, uh, very isolated in many ways. Because as as many of you already know, or familiar with Puerto Rico is part of the U.S. Yeah. You know, it, it's a non incorporated territory. Many call it a really a, a euphemism for a colony. Mm. You know, it doesn't share the same rights. We cannot vote for the president, but we, we, we can travel in and out of the U.S., you know, and, and uh, use currency, the same U.S. currency, passport and everything. Uh, but at the same time, we don't feel like part of the U.S. We feel like our very own country. We, we, you know, we participate in the Olympics, Miss Universe and all that. And we have all this pride, this pride of, of being Puerto Rican and, and, and waving the flag and showing the flag. And it's, it's, it's a country, Right. Uh, we, we, we understand and see ourselves as something different. And plus, on top of that, we speak Spanish, not English. And when, if you go to Puerto Rico, some people might uh, be able to speak to you in English, but you know, most of the population is really Spanish speaking. And English is something that they have been trying to introduce in the schools and, 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 and change the program. So English is the first language. They tried that before, it didn't work. People have resisted it. So if Spanish is very much ingrained. And I feel like language is a very uh, fundamental uh, thing in culture that really shapes your understanding of everything from religion to your morality, to your lifestyle, the way you express yourself and the way you use language shapes your mind in ways that no other, you know, no other media has that power to do so. So I feel like understanding the language, speaking Spanish there has, you know, changed my way of seeing the world, 
Mm. you know, in, in very deep and significant ways. It's something that uh, people seldom don't think about. You know, language is, you know, you just learn another language. No, you, when you learn la another language, you're learning to think differently about things. Yeah, it's like you see the world differently. You see the world differently. You, you, the, the words you use are now, they're not gender neutral. They, they are, you know, the sun is male, uh, el sol, la luna, it's female. That changes your understanding completely of the things you're talking about, mm. you know, and that comes in the territory of Spanish. But then there's this Puerto Rican Spanish, which is quite different. And then we have the music, reggaeton, which is taking over all over the world, like it or not, you know, Bad Bunny is, <laughs> Bad Bunny. <laughs> is on SNL. And I saw it actually quite funny. Isn't he dating like a really famous Kardashian? I think so. Yeah. I, I'm what, not what, up to Jenner? Do you know, know. anything? <laughs> I don't read those magazines. <laughs> but, but, but it's quite interesting because even, you know, we inherited Spanish from Spain, but it, it, now they're talking about a house in Spain, they're being influenced by the language used in reggaeton from from Puerto Rico. So now yeah. the words are reintroduced to Spain with a different meaning. Mm. So there's a, like this uh, 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 loop, uh, this feedback loop of of the language being uh, uh, going back to its roots, but now it has a different cognitation. It's quite interesting. Anyway, I, so Patrick, I, I have a question for you, man. This is so good. Like I went on a tangent. No, here. no, this is great, man. I love it. Um, I, I just. I'm hoping with more wine that you'll drop a few more fucks because I love it when you when you start kind of okay, we just can, cursing. <laughs> we can start doing that in Spanish as well. Okay, that sounds good. That sounds good. So I, I, I want to go back to, in a, in a moment, I want to go back to um, this idea that you never really, well, that's what I want to check in on. Did, did you yeah. feel more like, quote unquote, Puerto Rican than American? But before yeah. you do that, let me ask you this kind of at a philosophical level, maybe. Do you think it's possible as humans to have an experience that's not mediated through language? I think that's what art is all about. Okay. Yeah, that's exactly the pur the purpose and intent of art, right? Visual art, music, um, mm. instrumental music, for example, um, many other forms of art, dance, uh, is exactly that. Really, what you're getting at, and and. Uh, and when you look at the arts of a country, any specific country, and in this case, Puerto Rico, well, then then you get a sense of where the, the mind of the people or the collective or the spirit or the zeitgeist is at the moment. And, and, and that's fascinating. Mm. It's it's uh, just to, to see the differences and, and how much we, we are influenced by that, depending on whether we grew up there or we're just simply exposed from the outside. Uh, anyway, what I was uh, trying to get at with uh, the thing about language is that when I got there, I, I just had to learn Spanish and, and, and just that proved to be quite difficult because uh, until I got up to high school, and I'm telling you that I went down there when I was uh, four years when old. you were four years old, okay. Yeah, I still didn't know how to pronounce the R. 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 So, eh, eh, carro, carro, carretera. So I, I was Caro Carretera, just like Americans. <laughs> right, right, right. That's uh, when, a tough one. <laughs> that's a tough one. <laughs> and, and, and kids would, used to make fun of me. So mm. plus on top of that, I'm white. If you look at me, I'm just, you know. But dude, should, you're darker than I am, man. You think so? Oh, I know so. <laughs> because I, well, because I, I used to go to the beach once in a while, but okay. not too much. <laughs> 
But the thing is that being white in a small town, I'm not talking about San Juan. San Juan might have a lot more foreign influence, more Americans living in San Juan. But Aguadilla, probably you would have to go to Bramey Base or Rincon. But it, it's it's somewhat isolated in that sense that if you're the only white kid in a school, well, of course, because kids are kids no matter where they are, they're going to pick on on whoever is different. Can, and can you speak to that? Like what in yeah. what ways... I don't know if you would use language of, of being bullied, but what yeah, were bullied. Yeah. Bullied. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but I, I think, I think that was fucking great. I think I, 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 I with all honesty, I, I'm grateful to it because that's what builds correct character. I, I feel like, uh, uh, we're raising a bunch of pussies when we're trying to tell them not to, Oh no, stop bullying. Is it? No, you know what? Bullying is part of life and you have to just cope with it. Just deal with it. You know, that's part of growing up. I don't know why this all, you know, I understand when it goes off the, you know, off rails and, and, and it could be very, very bad, but at some degree of bullying, sometimes it, it just builds character mm. and it shows you a way you'll say, okay, this is some mental gy gymnastics. I have to practice here, emotional restraint. Okay. I need to control myself, control my anger. How do I deal with the situation? Do I take it lightly or am I going to get angry? Oh, now they're going to pick on me more and more. Right. Mm. So it all has to do with your response to the world. And I feel like it's natural, no matter where you go in the world. I don't know why they have this obsessive, uh, uh, impulse to try to constrain that and stop it. If it, it you know, that's something that's just part of human nature. I feel, mm. and, and I don't feel bad for all the things that, you know, I cried as a kid, I cried a lot. And I, like, and well, I, so I got into say? fights. Uh, well, they, they, they would use, uh, uh, nicknames, you know, and, 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 uh, that would be very, uh, uh, spiteful and, and, and hurtful about my, the color of my skin. You know, like I was, uh, white as a paper or, you know, or, 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 or like a, a donut, <laughs> like with the cream <laughs> oh man, and, and like that. It's like, and, and then it was like, they would be very creative with names, but oh, the isn't same, that amazing? but then you learn, then you learn, if you learn their, their way of thinking, and, and this is just like high school mentality, you know, how to survive in that environment. That's so hostile. I'm talking about the time before social media. Thank God. Uh, all of these things could be forgettable and they're not there on, on the web. You know, you cannot find any of these embarrassing moments. They're not on video. There are no photos. <laughs> there was rec no record at all. So we had fun and I'm grateful for it. I feel sorry for the kids that have to live through bullying, yeah. cyberbullying, which is really bad. And, and I understand that, that that is one of, uh, you know, major concern for, you know, uh, uh, suicide and yeah. all that, and, and, and it's serious. Yes, I, I, I get that. But at the same time, it, it, you have to find a, a inner fortification or inner strength in order to, okay, I'm different. I know, embrace it, you know? Yes, I'm not like you. I'm not better than you, but I'm not less than you. I'm just different, mm. you know? And, and then just search for your own roots and understand that you don't always have to fit in because this is the problem. Uh, this is the teenage uh, group mentality that if you don't fit in, then you're a loser. You know, you, you don't belong, you know, you don't speak the language as we do. And you know, uh, eventually I, I learned how to roll my R's. So it okay. wasn't a problem, okay. but still, even, even with that, I just didn't fit in even going up to college level to, you know, to the school of fine arts in San Juan, 
because they, I was always seen not only as el americanito, okay. right? El gringo, uh, uh, the, uh, Blanco, verdad? It's this, it's this white guy, but also uh, he comes from a town. So he's not quite from, you know, he's not like us from the capital, right? So there's always a form of discrimination, but tell me of a place on the fucking planet where there <laughs> isn't discrimination. Yeah. So it, it would be easy to say, oh, they oh, feel sorry for me. No, don't feel sorry for me. Just understand that we all go through something like that, you know, more or less, and, and we're all human beings and, and we can, you know, we're mature enough to understand uh that that is important important part of growing up and you just deal with it where you know? where do you think that comes from that almost innate human tendency to other to create the binary the us versus them blanco versus prieto whatever it is right like where, where, where does that where does that come from in your thinking i think that's is it a, biological i, I is think it it's cultural? biological it's survival human survival through Human evolution, um, it, they have had to deal with different groups and they stick together in bands and tribes. And, 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 and it's a way of, of, of keeping themselves stronger and, and, and less vulnerable to other groups. And I think, I really believe that have, that's the reason why we don't have Neanderthals today, uh, uh, you know, coexisting with human beings, with sapiens, because perhaps we saw them too different. Uh, so we just did mass genocide. You know, and I think that's the history of humanity, sadly, you know, and, and you get it throughout history uh, up to the modern times with what you see in Israel and Gaza right now. It's sad, you know, I don't want to take sides on that, uh, that polemic issue that right now is just driving so much political divide in this country. Yeah. But you can see some of that, that's that, that otherness, right? Oh, these are Muslims. Oh, these are Jews. And this, and it's the same story of humanity. Uh, it, it's this fiction that we create in our minds that, for some reason or another, we try to make these people less human, and that their life is less valuable. And 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 so we have the right to condemn them. And this is a holy war. And this is you know we are on the right side of history and all that. And and it's just. You know, you have to see beyond that and, and understand that that is also, you know, that is part of human nature as well. Not, not to justify or give it any, you know, uh, a reason to be, you know, but not to be so quick to have these, this moral judgment. I, I don't judge anyone who bullied me when I, when I was in high school. That was the natural thing to do if you're a teenager in a high school in a small town and you see this kid who looks completely different and speaks a different uh, Spanish, and he's just off, and he's just, you know, he's weird. So let's Dude. make fun of him. That's just, you know, no matter where you are. So, uh, you know, that, that's just lessons in life. You, yeah. you grow with those. Okay, so I have so many questions about that, but, but real quick, <laughs> let me say this. This is crazy. Like my social media algorithm, and it's my fault because I started watching some of these videos. I'll, I, I got into like animals, like, like predatory animals killing other animals in like intense ways. I know that's like really twisted. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I, I get a shit ton of those like on Facebook and, and Instagram. I guess I'm just curious or, or I don't know what is fucked up in my psyche that makes me want to look at like <laughs> those kinds of videos. But there was this one where it was, I don't know if you've seen it. It's a, it's a giant group of like baby seals and all of them look the same except for one that's albino. Have you seen this one? No. And, and they're all terrified of it. 
they're like pushing it away. They're, they're backing up. They don't want to be around it. And I know that I'm anthropomorphizing and, and imputing my feelings onto the albino one, but I was like, he looks, he or she, I don't know what it is, looks just heartbroken and, and is struggling so much with the fact that it's not accepted. But right, even in the animal kingdom, yes, there's well, that. You get the story. It about, looks different. Yeah, it's, it's fucking like yellowish white, and everyone else is like gray, and yeah. they're they're just othering it immediately and pushing it away. Yes. Oh man, I, 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 I uh, uh, man, there's so much to unload there. <laughs> there's so much to unpack. It reminds me of the ugly duckling, mm. uh, the story of the ugly duckling. And I remember, I remember the time that I wished I was dark, that I had dark skin. Me too. I remember that time. It's like, uh, why, why don't, you know, when I was, you know, much, much younger, so, uh, why do dark skinned boys are so much cooler? I thought to Dude, myself. Dude, I had two, so I have two, well, one of my brothers passed, but both of my brothers were darker skinned. One was a half brother and one was um, a stepbrother, but they were... Uh, one looked, you know, you, you would think any person would think he was like black, African American, but he was just half Dominican, half Puerto Rican. The other just very dark skinned, and yeah, they were so cool and had all the girls. Yeah, and so I grew up wanting to be black, wanting to have dark skin. There's a lot of people that won't understand yes. that, but why is it? I, didn't, I hated being white. Yes, <laughs> me too. Yeah, and here's the funny thing that my son. Uh, who just started going to elementary school? He's in kindergarten. He came to me one day uh, recently. He's like, "I don't want to have white skin," and he's not even as white as me. So because in, in right, his I was school, say he's probably a little bit darker. Yeah, he has like a, a, a like is it uh, caramel olive. Yeah, olive. You know, yeah. more like Mediterranean yeah. kind of like yeah. Uh, and uh, even and him, so he come, said, "I don't want to be said, white. He, I don't want to be white. I don't want to be white." It's like, why are you saying that? Uh, you know, why, why? You know, and and but then I connected, I I connected the dots, and right away I I, I okay, I understand the feeling because I went through that same feeling mm. when I was a kid. You know, I was the only one different. You know, and and that feeling of isolation of being you know other you know foreign and and. An alien to the rest. I, I I can relate to that. Uh, and 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 the important thing uh, about that is is um, you know first of all embrace it, accept that you are different, and that is what makes you special. What there there's hidden potential in that, and 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 you you don't have to see that as less. You don't have to see it as more either. You know, don't 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 go into this ego trip of the, oh I'm. You know better than them, but but mm. at least recognize yes, that's that's in, that's makes me interesting. I think interesting is good, no, no matter what. Interesting, it's interesting that you're different. Uh, so you're you're not gonna be you know, especially nowadays, it's so easy to be lost in the crowd. There's so many people doing the same thing, the same job, but what makes you different can be your strength. You can make it your strength. Mm. You stand out of the crowd. As being an artist, I know that. I know that that is the strength. Now, there is a, a something we haven't talked about, and I, I think you did go into that a little bit, not feeling completely Puerto Rican. And, and in, when you're in Puerto Rico, and that doesn't matter if you're in San Juan, doesn't matter where you are, there's always going to be, de donde tu vienes? Where do you come from? Uh, mm. Okay. And, and, uh, de que, and if you're in a town, de que familia? What family? Because mm. Of course, that's a very Spanish thing to ask, right? We, we use 
both, you know, last two last names. Two last names, yeah. yeah so they, they want to know what family you come from, uh, and your heritage, okay. And, and then you have to feel like you, you're, you're tested. Like you have to prove yourself. Your value depends on where you come from. And I feel like that is Dude, I hate that. culturally sick. But we we li- we still live Fucking through that, that. In, in Latin America. Much of Latin America is based on those principles yeah. because it's tradition. That's what I love. That's what I love about the U.S. a lot because no mm. matter where you come from, you have an opportunity to reinvent yourself here in the U.S. And I feel like a lot of people come from uh, countries that have caste systems where mm. they are discriminated for whatever reason, the color of the skin, ethnicity, language, whatever. They come to the U.S. They can reinvent themselves. I like ground that. up and i love that i love that it, it doesn't matter where you come from yes you are going to be treated as a foreigner yeah there are some you know it, it's not peaches and cream here of course there is discrimination i'm not saying there's not no discrimination there is it's just different it's subtle and, and what i experienced in puerto rico was like uh, you're either 100% puerto rican you're not quite from here so they are going to treat you differently. I did ex- not in a bad way, but in a special, peculiar way. Mm. You know, it's like okay, uh, gringo, uh, patri magro, and, and you know, it's like it, it, it's funny. I, I laugh at it because it's like oh, they, they even asked me if I was Cuban, but through it, you're not from here. So why? And it's like why is that important? You know. Uh, why is it? I, I'm I'm thinking of what we as human beings are going to think of 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 this time, a hundred, two hundred years from now, when everyone is so mixed up. You know, who cares where you're from? Who cares what color your skin? Everyone is going to be so mixed up that it doesn't matter. You're from planet Earth. You're from from the fucking planet. <laughs> <laughs> who cares? So, man, guy, like I'm, I'm holding all these things that I want to go back to, but, but one thing, man, this is a bit of a controversial one, but what do you think about what some people would want to hold on to, which I guess ideologically would be referred to as colorblindness? Yeah. Is, is, would you say that you're trying to kind of move in that direction or, or is that not quite right? Like, what, what, do you, what do you think about this idea of colorblindness? I, I have mixed feelings about that. Okay. Uh, I feel like uh, it, it, I think it's impossible. I, I think I really we are humans. We 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 go by the senses. We look at a person. We have our biases. We're not going to get rid of that uh, overnight, at least. We have to understand the insecurities. First of all, we have to be mindful of where this is coming from, where this discrimination is coming from. For example, in Puerto Rico, if someone discriminates someone for looking like me or you. Uh, you have to understand that there is, first of all, there is a, a, a backstory to the whole thing of being a colony of the U.S. So mm. that brings into your own psyche some degree of insecurity of, of your own identity as Puerto Rican. So who are these people who are coming here and, you know, buying all these houses? Americans are buying houses now, their property and all that. So, of course, if I was Puerto Rican, I would be pissed off, you know, who they they think they are, you know. And, and, and companies and go companies there to go get there. like tax cuts. They, yeah, the rich, the, 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 all these corporations. And, and then you have two political parties, which are, uh, uh, you know, Partido Popular, Democrático, which is really... Uh, the, the one that is the status quo or, you know, the one that is, that is, is, is really going for that whole idea of being part of the U.S. but not being a part, you know, being a, 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 a commonwealth, what they call it. And then the, 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 the other party, which is really, and it's really two parties. Uh, 
uh, because the others really are a minority, but the other party wants to become a state. So mm. they really want it very hard to the degree that it seems almost absurd. They want to be state 51 of the US, even though here it's, it's literally impossible that that's going to happen with the Congress and everything. And there's so many complexities in, in US politics that I don't think that's going to ever happen, you know. But but and, and, and one side makes fun of the other, right? And, and it depends on what on what side of the uh, of the political spectrum you are in Puerto Rico, you're gonna treat this foreigner in a different way. Mm. Because of course, if you wanna be a state, <gasps> oh, Kike, oh, yeah. So of course, uh, it, 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 so you have to just understand the psychology, that politics and psychology are in, in, intertwined and they're yeah. inseparable. Uh, so once you understand that and you get past that, you say, okay, I get it. I, I understand why I'm being treated differently uh, not necessarily a bad thing. It's just where this pe this person is coming from, and he's responding to all of these uh, this information that he has grown up or she has grown up with, uh, and, it, and even the algorithms that have much control on what we click and what we don't, and 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 we mindlessly scroll down, and 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 we're just being you know drifting on this sea of information that is informing. And subconscious at a subconscious level, the way we perceive other people. So don't judge other people who, had, who treat you differently, badly, or good. You know, that doesn't matter. You just try to see beyond that mm. and understand that we're all humans, and, and you do it as well. You know, even like let's be honest about let's that. Let's be honest about <laughs> it. Yeah, in subtle ways, you put a label on someone even before he speaks. Just looking at how he dresses, I remember I I used to have a ha a very good friend of mine in Puerto Rico that that I used to hang out a lot with, and it's like he would tell me, Patrick, todo está en el carro. It's all about your car. The car mm -hmm. you drive, that's how you treat they treat you. That's why I have the nicest car. Look at me. Now I'm driving down here, park, Parkway. Look, look. Is that? It's like okay, I'm 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 learning. <laughs> And, and, and yes, indeed, you know what people that, treated him differently. They treated him with respect because of his car. You know what's interesting? And I hope this doesn't seem like too far of a, of a deviation, but I know this morning we were texting about um, Robert Sapolsky and his new book, mm -hmm. Determined, and he wrote a book before that, Behave, and the podcast that I listened to this morning on it, um, it's called uh, Armchair Expert with Dax Shepard, who really enjoys his thinking. But their whole episode was on how as humans, because we're connected to our primate ancestors, we are at the end of the day, status seeking creatures. Exactly. Yes. So we are and, pretty and we, determined in a way by that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and that we, we, we maybe feel when we're, we're in public discourse, we're kind of ashamed of that, or we want to kind of dance around it. But I think a lot of human behavior is governed by seeking status and, and and the car example just brought that up for me yes and it's very freudian as well when you think about it right it's it's it's, it's all about being sexually empowered in many mm. ways uh so it, it's that gratification you get from that uh social uh, uh acceptance right and, and and that translate in your mind as power you know i'm seeking power i'm i'm, I'm being granted this power because I did this or I dressed this way. I really dressed badly when I was in Puerto Rico and I had the, the, the worst car. So of course I was not gonna get, you know, many girls looking at, <laughs> stereotypically speaking at a teenage age, right? Uh, you know, being a teenager. 
And that is part of what you're saying. So we, we are So you had very that. little status. Very little status, which equals very low self-esteem because mm. it, it's all a domino effect. And, and that very poor self-esteem, it took me further and further away from the idea of well, why don't I dress better? Why don't I buy a better car? No, 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 no. So putting you down, putting you down. So it has this effect of, of you know, uh, uh, of mounting over, you know, one thing after the other, and 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 you just feel completely miserable and depressed. Yeah, and, okay, so, and so many guys feel like that. Oh no, my god, to dude, I was totally there <laughs> for a lot of reasons, and I was extremely overweight, which adds a whole other dimension to it. But here's a question for you: when when you were talking about both the elementary school and then high school, like bullying phase. One of the things that I wrestle with is because I do see a lot of like teenagers who are being bullied currently. And and I think one of the things that can be a game changer is to have like a witness in their life that hears their story and affirms that, you know, what's happening to them is fucked up and shouldn't be happening and helping them figure yeah. out ways to maybe cope with it. I'm curious. I, I don't think that I had that because I was bullied by my brothers and by yeah. schoolmates in a lot of the same ways. And I, I don't know, it's hard to unravel exactly what was happening, but I kind of was a part of a fucked up home and, you know, both my parents struggled with mental illness and there was just a lot of factors. So there wasn't really a witness. I felt like I had to carry that right. and we surely didn't have the money, you know, to go to therapy. Were, were you kind of carrying those experiences all on your own or were there people that were listening to what was happening to you and helping you process it? That's an excellent question. I feel like we, we are all social creatures and we are drawn to a tribes, certain tribes. So I think it, it, that's, that's the reason why many, many kids uh, are drawn into drugs, you know, in, in order to get into- In gangs. In gangs, uh, gangs, drugs, whatever, you know, bad influences because they, they're in search of this tribe that's gonna, that re gonna reassert their value. That it is going to accept that they belong there, that they they're being listened to, you know. And sometimes you have parents that are working overtime and don't have time. They don't have, or they're single children, or or their brothers, sisters, or or you know, there's a big age difference. For whatever reason, they have to find this refuge. Uh, I was lucky to have a very good friend, uh, Cesar, right? He okay. was my, my best friend. When I, I, I came home back from high school, and frustrated. he was older, right? He was much older than okay. I, like 15 years older. So, uh, uh, he, but he was el loco del barrio, right? The, the, the man, who, the guy who everyone said, hey, this guy is crazy. But he, he had some really good advice. And, and he was my personal psychologist. The, the person I went to whenever I felt sad, depressed, you know, and, and all this frustration that that everyone goes through this when when you're you know in your teens, um, 14, 15, 16. and 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 I I heard him and you know and I feel like okay I've been listened to because you know he has some valuable advice you know don't take this seriously you know go along with the joke if if they say you're this or you're that pretend you're that and just. You know, it's like fuck fucking it. with them. Yeah, fuck with them. Yeah, <laughs> as long as they don't see that you're angered by it, you'll be okay. You know, even if you're angry, just you're you're not angered. Just go with it. You know, and I felt like wow, that's that's just powerful. And and, and I went with that, and and it worked. You know, it, mm. it, the 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 joke st stops being funny when 
when you're just being part of it and it's like, okay, this is not doing the effect that we wanted, right? And then on, on top of that, I also had some groups of friends, small as they were, but in high school, you know, I, I found this group of nerds. <laughs> I was I was there and into the nerd group. I was into the rockers. So and what I, was nerdy? What was nerdy in Puerto Rico? I'm assuming in the 80s and and the 90s, early okay, the 90s, early 90s, very okay. early. You're not 90s. that old. No, I'm not that old. <laughs> <laughs> 80s was childhood years. <laughs> yeah, not that old. But yeah, but there's no social media. As I said, thank God, <laughs> because it would be embarrassing. All the things we do as teenagers, so so embarrassing, so cringe. But finding these groups was was important. But at the same time, I, I, after reading this uh, article by uh, Robert Salposky. I think that's uh, how you say it. I, I always struggle pronouncing this it. This guy talking about uh, how there's no free will, that we are all determined by algorithm. But I feel like it is algorithms, mm. and biological algorithms. Let's call that's it that. That's an interesting way to put yeah. that. And, and, and in a way, we are genetically you know, inclined to... Uh, pick or choose a spouse in a specific way. We are inclined to find some friends that are more mind-like, you know, think like us. And, and in many ways, I feel like it makes sense because uh, I was always drawn to the crazies uh, because I feel like there's Damn, what some does that crazy. Say about me? Yeah. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> well, we we all be no, like I'm in crazy Sp as fuck, man. <laughs> we all crazy, and women, like in Spanish they say they the poetas y locos todos tenemos un poco. We all have something of crazy. So true. Poetas. Yeah. So it's all it's linked to the creative aspect of, yeah. of, of the human mind. So I feel like it. Yeah, but. But just embrace it, accept it, but be mindful of it. I think that's the key component of all of this. Be mindful of all the situations and how they influence you. So growing up in Puerto Rico, going all through all of this made me aware of what it was to grow up in Puerto Rico, but what it was to grow up in Puerto Rico being different. And that made me mindful of what the Puerto Rican experience has told me now living in the U.S., you know, seeing the other side of the story from the outside, and that is fascinating because it, it wasn't really until I, I came to the US that I really experienced what it was. Okay, this is being different there. Now here, I feel different as well, Man, but on the other side. Can you speak to that? So like, we like, have flipped the coin. How did you feel? How did you feel othered here? Because I think that's where maybe our stories diverge too in some ways, because and it's, there's a whole thing around religion where I think one of the ways that I got out of the bullying and found some level of quote unquote success as an adult was actually finding religion and actually going deep into that. And, and that kind of blew up and it's a whole kind of story, but there's a sense in which I didn't feel as othered there. I felt like I was this tall white guy that just belonged right? I never really had that experience. It's part of why the religious sort of sociology connected with me so much. It was the first time that I felt accepted and had some level of esteem, even though there was a lot of like dark shit and, and, and I would say unhealthy stuff that was going on too. But in terms of your story, what was it like coming to the United States as an adult, like coming back and then feeling othered here? Can you speak to that? Oh, like, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know if I know that oh, part of your story. Absolutely. And I feel like you and my brother would get along very well because my brother had a similar experience to yours. And 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 growing up in Puerto Rico for my brother, I feel like it was even harder because of the age difference coming to the island. 
you know, and, and, and still, I feel like my brother, his first language is English, his culture, you know, it's, it's all more Anglo, but, but, but he, he was born in Puerto Rico. Okay. <laughs> so, and, and, and he feels more Puerto Rican in many ways, but he also found refuge and solace in the church and, you know, going to these uh, Protestant, uh, you know, churches. And that's where he met Cesar. That, that, okay. That's how he came to, to, to our little circle. But, but that was his way of coping with that sense of alienation was finding his tribe in a church. And I feel mm. like the church does that. And if the, if it does that, great, go for it. Uh, you know, as long as you don't become a fundamentalist, you know, become blinded by. But you know what dogma. Carl Jung said? Yeah. What, what, what he said that resonates with me is, it has all those positive ramifications or, or outcomes, but for many people, it ends up divorcing them or alienating them from their soul, mm. and that is what happened to me too. Yeah, you become disillusioned. You become yeah. Yeah, there, there, there is. You join the herd, but you almost become divorced from that deep center within yourself. Your own individuality, the exactly. things that you like. For example, I remember uh, my my brother. I remember because I was a kid. But uh, back in Puerto Rico, he he came back home. He took all these uh, records of these old bands like Kiss and the Beatles, and he just uh, started a bonfire. There. Dude, I did the same thing. <laughs> I had all these, like, one of my brothers turned me on to, like, metal music, which I still love now. Yeah. And I had tons of CDs and all this stuff. And after, quote, unquote, converting to Christianity, I took them all and just threw them in the garbage. <laughs> I still regret that now. Yes. Derek <laughs> regrets. And my, my brother regrets that. Uh, many of these records ended up in in the pastor's collection, Ironically, you know, he was <laughs> talking about against that, but now he has these precious Beatles records, right? Ooh, the Beatles, all right? Of all the bands that you can think of, uh, right. satanic. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the irony, you know, that, that many of these things uh, uh, have an impact on the way you see uh, and, and the way you appreciate art, so that 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 moral judgment, oversight of other you know other communities, other tribes, you're looking over your shoulder and it's like that's evil, that's bad, that's satanic. Just put that, spin that uh, the other way, and just say you know versus <laughs> satanic, versus right, and, right. You know, go with the records, the vinyl records. You could go spin them, uh, 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 you know. Uh, counterclockwise and they start speaking in tongues like, oh, oh, there is this whole you know hysteria of of satanic uh cults and 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 uh, and, and that was really driving the culture oh and, yeah and, the satanic and panic the satanic panic and even if you're not into the church you can just turn on the tv and you had these TV shows in the early '90s, it was all about that, you know, and it, it's just it, it informs in many ways your views, and in many ways you're gonna either react against it or you're gonna go with it. Mm. So depending on just like that author was saying about uh, determinism and free will, it, it might have to do with your upbringing, your, your the family. Uh, your own biology, and I, I would go even further. I know a lot of people are skeptical about astrology, but there might be something out there, you know, aligned and or misaligned that is, you know, just creating this tendency within your own psyche 
that you really hardly don't notice at all, but it's just taking you a little further, you know, a little bit to the left or a little bit to the right in the political spectrum, and you're not even aware of it. And, and a lot has to do with your own family, family relationships. Your relationship with your father might determine in many ways your, your views on politics. Dude, totally. The same way as your uh, relationship with your mother. Because, you know, there's left, there's right, there's father, there's mother. And there's uh, uh, liberal, conservative views. It has almost everything to do with the way you grew up with your parents. Yeah, yeah, no, and and I feel like I need to read Determined before I kind of come to a conclusion. But if there's one thing that I, I think I probably resonate with about his argument is that we're not blank slates and there's so much more that determines our trajectory in life than just our thoughts or our kind of will or motivation. It's where we grew up, who our parents were, our DNA, our genetics. Okay, I think that uh, we are really not uh, starting off, obviously we're not starting from a blank slate because we are all culturally biased for X or Y reason by our upbringing, our parents, our siblings, the school, the tribes we align ourselves with, the friends we hang out with. And being bicultural as we are, right. right? Being half half American, half Puerto Rican, gives us an extra perspective of being able to see things from the outside, right? From from both sides. Totally. Uh, and I feel like that's an advantage because sometimes nationalism becomes a religion in itself. And, oh yeah. And and I can I, I can talk a whole lot about how Puerto Ricans take that very seriously. The whole thing with the flag. The whole fucking that, flag in the, the car. The whole fucking flag with, the, oh yes. I can I can go there if you want. Uh, it, orgullo. It's just that, orgullo Boricua, Orgullo Boricua, which is quite good. And, and Which is I, awesome, but. It's awesome. Damn, it's, it can become a religion. It is, it is. <laughs> to the point uh, that I, I, I can just recall, just to make the story very brief, that I, I criticized at a moment on social media how dirty the beaches were of my local town in Aguadilla. The beaches are so dirty. Why, why is this happening? I don't remember growing up in a place like this. <gasps> oh my God. I was canceled on friend, on friend, on friend. People were pissed off at uh, just doing, saying the You're speaking obvious. the truth. Speaking the truth. You know, why don't you go and pick it up yourself? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I didn't throw it. And I always, whenever I go to the beach, I make sure that my trash, I keep it to myself. It's just throw it where it goes. You know, why should I, you know, <laughs> why don't they allow self-criticism? That is my thing with, uh, dude, that's, a, old, that's not a good sign. That's not a good sign. When a, when a group Shapes against self-criticism or they don't allow it, yes. you know something's wrong. You know something's wrong. And that's why I don't say a word with this whole thing going on in the Middle East, because I know that there's sides to this and people take it so, so seriously. There's nothing you're going to be able to say, right? Right. It's, it's, I mean, they're so entrenched in their position. They're so entrenched in their positions that they're not going to change their minds. So it, it is in, in very much like a religion, you know, in the way that you cannot question their <laughs> no. faith. So I, I feel like uh, here in the United States, you have people who criticize the government and people who are very patriotic. I don't see any contradiction in that. 
I, I feel like that is part of, of your own civic duty as a citizen of any country to criticize the things that are going wrong with your country, things that you feel like could be better, and you you just speak your mind. Mm. You know, it's a free country. Just say whatever you feel. Uh, uh, but it, it gets to the point, as it, of course, they they hang and they latch on to my last name, McGrath. Oh, que tú no vienes de aquí. You're not from here. So it's, in other words, it's like white privilege. Okay, fuck you. <laughs> you know why? Because I'm as Puerto Rican as you are, as much Puerto Rican. Because why? Because 30 years, 30 fucking years living in that island, going through <laughs> the paying, you know, paying bills, paying taxes, going through all the system, having to deal with every living thing from hurricanes to paying bills to the poor internet, uh, uh, Everything, everything, the health system and the justice system sucks. And and why should I have less rights than you to criticize the system that I've been living in, right? Just because I have a McGrath as the last name, I'm sorry. That just does not, you know, I, I, I just cannot accept that. So I just don't care. I'll keep saying what I, I think. I'll keep saying what I feel. I'll keep criticizing the things that I feel are wrong. No matter if it's here in the U.S. or it's in the in the in Puerto Rico, if you don't like it, just cancel me or just un <laughs> unfriend me. I don't care. I don't care. We are mature adults here. I feel like whoever we would uh, hope. Well, we hope. We hope. <laughs> it's just that people are just so sensitive. It's just so, oh, that hurt my feelings. Oh, yeah. Cancel, uh, man. Grow up. Grow up a pair, really. <laughs> Please. Uh, it's just. Uh, Pelotas. We're gonna, let's see. Cojones. Ten cojones. Cojones, cabrón. Cojones, cabrón. There we cursed in Spanish and in, 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 in proper Spanish. Cojones, cabrón. Cabrón. I used to hang out with a friend, very good friend of mine in Puerto Rico. Que cabrón. Que cabrón. It's a maldita sea, puñeta. Dude, said, my mom's yeah. favorite word growing up when she was pissed was probably puñeta. Puñeta. Many, many people know, know that. It's like a puñeta. But what does puñeta mean, really? It's like a puñetazo. It's like a punch. But it's like, but it's almost like, sounds like a dagger, like puñal, right? Mm. Uh, and and what is it, really? Would, would it be like, in, in English, like, God damn it? God damn it, right, yeah. Like a frustration? I think, I think it would be. Yeah, puñeta. Coño carajo. Coño is another Coño one. Coño carajo puñeta. So those are very, you know, strong words. Talk about religion, carajo is yeah. like hell, right? It's like hell. Carajo, it was the furthest part away in the ship when, when the Spanish explorers came. Vete al carajo. So it's like a punishment, a reprimand mm. to the, the, anyone who is, unsell, uh, you know, not following the directions of the admiral or the captain in the ship. So go, vete al carajo. Go the first, furthest away from Dude, that's us. That's good. Well, you think about it in English. Damn it, right? When you're frustrated, I mean, to damn something damn. has religious yeah. undertones oh, too. Oh, there is, there is, yeah. Which, okay, so can we go there? Because I think neither one of us is, I think, religious at this point, but I think maybe we're we're still shaped by a lot of religious ideas and themes and images. I mean, I, I've, I've shared this story before on the podcast, but when I first saw your, your painting, Seeds, in the in the Jung Center, I mean, I was fucking blown away. It was one of the most incredible things I'd ever seen. And at some level, it was a type of religious art, but but you're not religious. 
like maybe we can go there. Like I've wanted to ask yeah, you about, sure. I, th I think you've talked about your aunt was a, a nun in the Catholic church. She was a Catholic nun, a uh, retired Catholic nun. A retired Catholic yeah, nun, okay. Uh, Trinitarian uh, sisters. She worked uh, in, in, in Cuba. Um, okay, so this is your mom's Fidel. sister? Yeah. Really? She sister. worked with Fidel? Did she ever meet yeah, him? Yeah, yeah. She was working with Fidel. Uh, yeah. She was helping Holy the rebels. Holy shit. She had some very pretty good damn stories oh to tell. Oh, my God. So she was not a, a conventional nun, even though most people on the outside might think she was. She was very stern, very serious, so, you know, very silent. Uh, with her look, she would say so much. Uh, and you wouldn't know what was going on through her mind, but she had so many stories to tell. And and I, the thing is, my mom, when, when my parents got divorced and my mom moved down with us uh, to Puerto Rico, she had to start working as an English teacher. And I was the, the, you know, the youngest, and I was four to turn five, still not old enough to go to school at the time. So my, my aunt, Titi Sister, we call her, eh, Virtudes, Titi sister, she took care of me for 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 a year, and I I have so many fond memories. My first crayons, wow. my first coloring books, my first art books, Dude, and seeing, came from her. Came from her. Wow! And she was taking care of my grandfather, Don Paco, my, my abuelo Paco, and this house that was full with images and paintings and all the things you can think. Of, French magazines from the eighteen hundreds, old photographs. That would have been her father. Yeah all this family history and I carried all those images and I still carry to this day, all those images in my, my subconscious mind, you mm. know, that, that they were really part of my, my foundational, you know, upbringing as an artist. And, 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 and for me, it's a, a way to reconnect with that past. You know, that's the reason mainly why I, I paint these Madonnas, these saints, these, these, uh, Christian themes because it's almost a way to recon reconnecting with her with okay. with that f those first steps as an artist it yeah. was really a, through the eyes and through the experience of someone who had been brought up you know in the church my father was also in the in the Catholic seminar as you know he wanted to be a priest your father my, my father yeah really? so I even have some old old photographs so on both sides and my mom wanted to be a nun. But of course they got married, so. Okay. <laughs> but the thing is, it's, it's interesting to see your family history to understand. That's why I find so interesting that whole thing with free will or not is because you in many ways are inheriting many values and biological traits that might come down from, you know, down to you from your parents. And you don't even know that. Just think, it's just mind blowing. Just think about your grandparents, great grandparents that you don't know a fucking thing. <laughs> that they might have been what ship or what war or what uh, experiences they have been, have been going through overseas, what jobs they had. You know, just go through that family history and start to discover that they were artists or that they were therapists or that they were psychologists or they were scientists. Oh my God, that makes so much sense now, okay? That seems like a whole lineage of, of inheritance here. Uh, I don't know, it's mind boggling. Dude, and, and I can't speak to too many of the details because I don't know them, but at one point my mom was telling me a story of I have some relative in the distant past who was supposed to be a Catholic priest, but he ended up, I would, in the way I frame it, he ended up choosing his human nature and human love. He ended up choosing a woman and sort of like left the family and, and went his own way and like moved to Canada, I think it was. 
and and there's parts of that that really connect with my story so i'm like fuck maybe all this shit that i went through was in some ways kind of determined or or kind of set before me so there's there's some really deep isn't that stuff amazing there. isn't it's, that it is amazing. like self-reaffirming it's, it's, it's in, in the way that you think yeah like, uh, absolutely like, some some reassurance on on why you have played out the the choices in life that you played out you know the cards that you played out in your life Dude, in totally a, in a way explains many things so so okay here's a question i've wanted to ask you so was there ever a time in your life with all these religious influences where you did quote unquote believe or were you always sort of a skeptic or a type of cynic or just just questioning everything and i i mean cynic in like the ancient greek sense yeah. where yeah. it's not just being negative to be negative but kind of a radical skepticism of all things which i think you really fit in and and i try to fit in now yeah where where you you don't just believe things blindly you you really kind of question everything were you always like that or was there a time where you kind of quote unquote believed it's it's it, it's been evolving. Uh, it's a okay. very good question. And this question, the question you just asked, is a question that all of our listeners should ask themselves. Ooh. Uh, I feel like it's very pertinent, very important. Uh, how how do you feel about belief? How do you feel about faith? You know, because in many ways, it 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 could be uh, summarized in, in 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 a very simple question: How do you fit fit in? How do you fit into this organization? How do you fit into this religion? How do you how do you feel about belonging to a group where everyone's thinking the same thing and praying the same doing the same prayers and following the same principles and moral judgments? How do you feel about that? Because for me, I've tried many times but failed miserably. At every attempt, what, what, like, I, I, is, is there a theme that that carries throughout your experiences where it, it you could speak to that kind of ultimately pushed you out? Was it you just couldn't conform? What was it? Something else? It's just that uh, I feel like uh, it's boring. It's fucking boring <laughs> to to think the same way every Sunday <laughs> and, and to do the same things as everyone is doing. And and because the thing is, I saw family members do it and i saw friends do it i saw my brother go into it and i learned through his lessons of uh, course now my my brother is very skeptical he doesn't take anything too seriously he makes fun of things he, he went through all many religions right he went through like a procession of religions so to speak and he experienced all of those and he brought that back home along with our best friend cesar uh, so there is this air, an atmosphere of irreverence, you know, of being irreverent uh, against the previous religion or previous sect or previous uh, congregation that you belong to. Yeah, those guys. And then these guys. And now it's okay. And then I, I start seeing it from the outside. I say, yeah, it's all bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> it's all bullshit. And, and I feel the same way about nationalism. I feel the same way about many things in life. People take things too seriously, too fucking seriously. Lighten up, <laughs> uh, you know, politics and all of this, they they change so much. I remember when w the whole thing with Ukraine started, everyone posting their flags, Ukraine flags on Facebook. I don't see them anymore. 
And wow. I, it doesn't mean that they're on the wrong. It doesn't mean that, you know, Ukraine is wrong. We have Russia. Yeah. And not, I'm not pro-Russia. I'm just saying that things are a lot grayer. We were talking about this previously, how things before, before we started recording, how people and things are not black and white. They're more gray. Oh. They are so complex, so complicated. Politics, religion, people, everything is so complicated. So that's why you have to distance yourself. That's why it's so advantageous for us, let's say, for example, you and me, to be bicultural because we can stand out of the American uh, facade and judge American politics from, let's say, from a Puerto Rican perspective. Okay, uh, Puerto Rican, uh, you know, American imperialism, yeah, colonialism, blah, 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 blah. Okay, but then you can go back and say, oh, no, as a Puerto Rican, yes, I see colonialism, I see the American, you know, they want to be the international police, you know, they're going into every war, providing, you know, military support to Israel, blah, 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 yeah. yeah. But, but then you can just get outside of both of these facades and, and, and these capsules and these identities and just say, well, why why does it have to be black and white? Mm. There's, this is a lot more complicated and I, I'm not gonna be able to understand it all because I'm just a human being with a very limited lifetime, lifespan on this earth. Totally. I don't understand the full scope and spectrum and, and history of Israel and Gaza or Puerto Rico and, 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 and in order to really make an objective of assessment and moral uh, equivalency or, or whatever moral uh, principle judgment on, on this situation. It, it's too complex. You know, there's uh, uh, something that they call the, the, what is it? The, the shifting baseline. Mm. The shifting baseline is this whole idea that the generation previous to you experienced changes on the earth and on uh, on history that you're not going to even be able to grasp. You know, you're not going to be able to uh, understand the, the Great Depression, the, the, the Spanish flu, uh, well, we had COVID, but it's different. Uh, the uh, World War One, World War Two, right? Uh, these, these global events that had such a, a huge impact in humankind. So we're not going to be able to experience that, but we're not going to be able to experience all the species of animals and plants and, and the climate that was experienced by our grandparents. Mm. Because I remember talking to the mayor of Aguadilla in Puerto Rico uh, a while back ago, like uh, I think it was 10 years ago, and he was telling me about the, the beaches in Aguadilla, how they these beaches were unrecognizable, like nothing like you would see right now. Like there would be infested with crabs, like these blue uh, uh, mauve uh, violet, uh, you know, uh, uh, crabs crawling all over the beach and they would color the sand. Wow. And it's like, I cannot imagine that. Yes, I want you to make a painting of that. I cannot. I haven't seen that. I've never wow. seen that. I have seen the extinction of other animals in the island in my own lifetime, 30 years, but they these are just small insects that I haven't seen. I don't even know if they're like actual extinctions, but I haven't seen them anymore within my lifetime. But these, th what he is telling me is of this beach full of crabs, these local uh, endemic crabs of that, particular beach 
no longer exist. What happened? They went extinct. So that is the shifting baseline that you're not going to be able to grasp the full scope of human or natural history of this planet. So in other words, be careful to make any moral judgments on history because you under you only understand a very little fraction of the fucking timeline in human <laughs> history. And it's the human history. We're not even talking about natural history of the whole planet 4.5 billion years mm. so we're we're just the blink of an eye and we're not even that because we're just one generation which is just a, a, a millimeter of that so it, it just it's a humbling experience you know that you know just talk to old people who have seen things like uh, how was this neighborhood before the houses were built was this an orange grove was it farmland what was it and don't even think of what was it before, 100, 200 years ago, mm. you know? So whenever we talk about Puerto Rico, keep that in mind because Puerto Rico is very old, even though people say, oh, you know, it's, it's just, you know, the new world. The new world is so deceiving, that word, that term, new world. It's an old world. It's just Europeans didn't know about it. Right, I always struggle with that. <laughs> Now, okay, I know you said at one level you wanted to maybe talk about the Tainos a little bit. Yes. Well, that's that goes right into what we're talking about. This wasn't a new world. It was an old world. The Arawak Indians uh, came to the from South America to the, the Antillas Mayores. How, how do you say Antillas? Uh, Antilles? And, Antilles. Antilles. Uh, <laughs> Who the fuck knows? <laughs> Uh, so uh, 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 the major Antilles, Ma major Antilles, I guess, I don't know, Cuba, uh, Republica Dominicana, Haiti, Puerto Rico. So they went there, they populated the smaller Antilles where the Caribs live, right? Uh, according to the Spanish, these were the, uh, they, they were cannibals. They ate human flesh. They were bad. The bad guys. The Taino <laughs> were the good guys. There right? we go again. Othering. The othering. The yeah. The verse. Yeah. The, these guys are good. These guys are bad. So it's like classifying everything according to culture, ethnicity, and whatever. Not, right. So, uh, but the Tainos had a very rich culture in, in Puerto Rico. And the Dominican Republic is it's amazing when you go to the Museo del Hombre there uh, and, the, and the sculptures. And the thing is that we don't know much about their religion. We know a little bit about the. Uh, their mythology by the chronicles of uh, Fray Ramon Pane, who came a little after uh, Christopher Columbus and, and, and wrote some chronicles. Of course, the Catholic priests come with their biases. It's like, this is devil's religion. No way. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, they have their own moral judgments. Uh, but we it's the only thing we have. Because mm. of course, the Tainos would not be able to write yeah, anything that comes down to us directly from the Tainos, uh, th this was uh, a mediated experience from the colonizers. But we know about their mythology, little bit, little bits and pieces, Yukaho, Huracan, that's where we can come with the word hurricane. Oh, I it didn't was know a, that. It was an actual deity, uh, mm. the deity of the hurricanes, uh, Atavera, Atavex, which was the lunar mother, mother goddess, uh, very, very interesting when you read Joseph Campbell, because even though Joseph Campbell doesn't 
I don't think Joseph Campbell goes into much into Taino okay. uh, religion or mythology, but many of the same aspects and traits you see on these archetypes that are repeated throughout world cultures can be seen in the Taino culture. Can I just say just real quick, I mean, one of the things that's kind of drawn me really for a long time, but even recently about like polytheism is that all aspects of reality are personified in the gods. Yes. That's one of the things I struggle with Christianity and monotheism yes. is, is this God is at least in certain ways just reduced to, you know, all goodness. And even though some of the sacred texts <laughs> point to a God that's actually quite savage yes. in the old Testament, but it, it, it's, it's like a, it's a cleansing or a, making a deity kind of this 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 perfect model of just all good when as my understanding of reality is is things are a lot more complex and there's good and there's evil right. and there's wildness and there's chaos i love that polytheism tries to capture all of it i love that too that that, that just seems to resonate with my psyche more than a sanitized that's the word i wanted to to, to throw yeah. out a sanitized deity Yes. That's yeah. bullshit. Like It's oversimplistic. It's fucking simplistic. It is. <laughs> oh, I, I agree completely. Uh, it's And it's fascinating when you see, well, unfortunately, we don't have much of Taino religion, even though there are people trying to reconstruct it and, and make up these wannabe tribes of Taino mm. peoples, but it's just not there. Uh, now, the Yoruba, the Santeria, okay. uh, Espiritismo, Voodoo, all of these African traditions brought to the Americas bring some of that polytheism yeah. into the Americas. And that I find fascinating. Uh, I've seen many, you know, there is a proliferation of uh, evangelical churches in Puerto Rico, uh, uh, Pentecostal, Pentecostal, Baptist, uh, Methodist, Adventist, you know, you name it. It's everywhere. They just pop up here and there, just like fast food franchises and all these strip mall uh, uh, empty slot, slots. They rent out the spaces, and you have Ministerio de Agua Viva, and Ministerio de Aquello, Ministerio de, de Cristo. Cristo viene pronto. Oh, everything, Christ coming. Out, you know. And so, what do you think about? Can I can I ask you this? What do you think about this? this is a while ago. Yeah. So, when I was an undergraduate student at the University of Houston, I, I did minor in religious studies. One of my favorite courses in that little degree program was one called Latin American Religion. And yeah. the argument of the professor, which I, which I think I still kind of resonate with, is when it comes to South America and the Caribbean, part of why more charismatic Protestant religions took hold and, and, and spread like wildfire is that their message empowered not only women who were disempowered in more Catholic traditions, but the poor. Yes. I, I, you know, we didn't get into the validity of any of the claims, which yes. I think are probably actually bullshit, but at least sociologically, it empowered people who are disempowered. Yes. The spirit was in them. They had now ways to express themselves yes. spontaneously that maybe they, they, they couldn't do without that kind of religion. I, I just thought that was an interesting kind well, of argument. Yes, absolutely. For one thing, uh, these religions, uh, these Protestant religions, give the opportunity for anyone to become a pastor and be married, you know, be a leader of the community. Yeah. And the community has an open open venue to really, really uh, uh, 
become closer together uh, as a community in the church, become invested in the community. Mm. While I, I used to go to the Catholic mass right behind my, my grandfather's uh, uh, property, the farmland that he owned, he donated part of it to the Catholic church. So there was this small chapel. I used to go there and I remember it was so sterile, so so boring so you, you <laughs> fell asleep and i just want i i just just i i i, rem, I had a casio watch and i used to watch the oh when is this wait did you over. have one of the ones that was like a calculator yeah but a calculator oh, you, you were a nerd man yeah i was I a nerd. Love that. <laughs> <laughs> i was and I said, oh my god when is this gonna be over my brother once took me to this uh pentecostal church you're gonna have a different experience and at the moment at the time he was really into that church right and oh my god i was just that was like going to a fucking rock concert dude you know even with the the the, the music and all it was every so so high pitch how about everything. this this is so good how about this and even though the the pentecostals tend to be morally very conservative and kind of anti like sex and the body if you actually look at their practices, the way they move their bodies and the way that yes. they're yes. expressing their emotions, it's actually quite erotic. They're just it not is. talking about oh, it. Oh, yes. Especially when the pastor would uh, reprint all the demons inside this uh, uh, this teenage girl. <laughs> right. And she would fall to the ground and everyone was looking as if she had a, a, a skirt. <gasps> oh, my God. <gasps> But everyone was looking, right? But of course, it, it, there's that undertone to it. Yeah, it's not yes. being talked about. It's not been talked about. It's there. It's there. It's a fun church. Yeah, it's a fun church where you get to meet people and you actually know them, mm. and they want to be your friends and they want to know who you are. So in order to get into your life, totally and know everything about you and just bring you closer and just yeah. You know, and, and it's like a magnet of uh, it's, this, it's this communal intensity that you don't feel at the, in the Catholic Church mm. unless you go to the charismatic church, which I haven't been to, but I, I hear that it's, it's a lot more lively. But it, that that's the thing about Puerto Rico that in Puerto Rico you need a religion that brings people together in in in, in loudspeakers. Mm. And people are like, ah, and they can speak <laughs> tongues and they can express themselves and they can be artists uh, on their own right for a moment, at least for 15 minutes. It's just be there, you know, be there, you know, being el corito de la iglesia, uh, play the guitars, you know, speak tongues, do whatever you want or, or do a sermon or a, a testimony. But people can be themselves. They can express what they they're carry inside, whether it's something that it's imbued by their family or they carry as a bias, you know, in society. But it, it's 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 what they makes it gives them meaning, mm. uh, a reason to be, and it, it attaches very well with the message of the poor. I must mm. say that now, when you go to now, I had a different experience going to Catholic Church in Guatemala in El Salvador. My wife is from El Salvador. And when I went to Catholic mass in El Salvador, it's quite different mm. uh, because this, the message is social. It's about the poor and, and, and Dude, social justice. Oscar Romero. Oscar Romero. Oh, yes. You have the whole package there. You can go with that all the way. If you're left-leaning, liberal-minded, you're all with it. The Catholic Church, because of... Uh, uh, 
of uh, this whole uh, liberal theology. It's more the liberation theology. Yeah, more yeah, liberation theology and all that. It's all about the poor, uh, social inequality and all that. Yeah, it's a different story. Puerto Rico is different. I remember Cesar, who came from a Pentecostal background, he he was dark skinned, very dark skinned. Yeah, is like, and and my brother once told him jokingly, you know, he said, "Cesar, vamos a la Iglesia Católica. Let's go to the Catholic Church." Ah, uh, no, no, Patri, uh, Michael, yo no pego ahí. I I I I don't look good there. I'm dark skinned. Mm. Eso para los blanquitos. That's for the white people. Wow. You know, it's a different reality in Puerto Rico. It's so interesting how a church, a Catholic church, which is supposedly universal. And Literally, it's all, the, it, name l- is the, the name is The name is Roman Catholic. <laughs> it means universally, you know, it, 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 it's the same everywhere. No, it's not. In Puerto, in Puerto Rico, it's quite different from Latin America. It, I, I could see on my, my own account and with my own eyes, yes. There are more white people in the Catholic Church, and they lean more towards a political party, very specific, differently from- They were more the on one, the right? They were more on the, it's not really more about the right or left in, okay. in Puerto Rico. It's more like populares or PNPs. Okay. So it's more like people who are for statehood or for the status quo. So the people who are for the status quo are mostly Catholic. Okay. The people who are more for statehood or Pentecostal, evangelical, you could you, you could tell. You can almost tell by by looking at the way that, you know, when you go to these churches, you have to experience it. Mm. You have to go there and really feel it. You feel the energy. You feel the vibe. You feel the political inclinations. You feel the bias. Everything. You know, I'm not saying one is good and one is bad. I'm just saying they're different. That's yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, okay, okay, Patrick, <laughs> let, let, me, let me ask you this. Um when I think about you and and your vocation, your calling as this incredible artist, I, I do, and this is bringing in the tarot a little bit, I do think about you as like the hermit, as, as a radical individual that spends a lot of time just by yourself. I think that's factually true, working on your art. As we're reflecting on religion, and then as I, this may be a bit of a stereotype, but as I think about being Puerto Rican and like the collectivism of the Latin American experience, how have you navigated what I sense is a tension in your life? It's definitely in mine, which is being brought up with the value of like community and the collective and family and all that stuff. But then this other important part of you, probably deep in your psyche, which is it's about individuation. It's about being unique. It's about being a radical individual, spending time to yourself, being an introvert, all that kind of stuff. Do you see that as a type of tension in your life? And if so, how do you navigate that? That's, that's a very good question. I feel like it's it's both and, and, and you should embrace both. Why should they be opposed? Why mm. should, shouldn't they work together? I see a, a perfect example in, let's say, the work of Walter Mercado, the astrologer from Puerto Rico. Which it's a great people, documentary, I think, on Netflix. There is a very it. good documentary, which uses the tarot cards, uh, by the way, yeah. in, in order to guide and, and guide you through his life and, and the way he evolved as, as an astrologer in a TV celebrity that is well known throughout Latin America yeah. and the U.S., and he's from Puerto Rico, and he was, he used to act in these telenovelas, right, and these soap operas, and and, and but he evolved as as a person, as a human being, and he was really into new age, you know, the, the power of the crystals, botanicas, uh, this whole syncretism of 
syncretism of uh, ideas, belief mm. systems, um, from Santeria to Christian saints to uh, all these different religions and traditions that are converging that I feel like are a perfect exemplar and inspiration for what we should aspire to be as human beings, as artists, as, as human citizens to this world. And I'm not saying be like Walter Mercado. I'm just saying that uh, embrace all these different traditions and learn from each one of them. And I think that's what makes it so unique that he comes from Puerto Rico, a, a place where, you know, you have an Taino, African, Spanish. With the slave trade, you have the Africans, trade. you have the Spanish. You have all the, and, and they they take pride on that multiculturality, on that multi-ethnicity being the mix and the essence of the culture that is precisely what we look. We should look be looking at as world citizens. Dude, okay, so I've got to just say this. This is what's coming up. It may be the wine speaking, but <laughs> what you just said maybe unlocks something for me that I've been wrestling with. When I think about who I am and my interest, I'm drawn to all these different figures, often figures that are opposing. And on social media, there's all these different factions. You have to like this person. You have to like that person. And maybe what I'm realizing, this is connecting even to Sapolsky and Determined, given my Puerto Rican roots, I think at the end of the day, I'm a syncretist. I never yes. have said that out loud. I've never thought that. But what you just said has made me realize this is a part of my DNA, my spiritual, cultural DNA. I just bring things together and I'm okay with the contradictions and them not all being smoothed out. I'm, I'm okay with it being kind of a jumbled mess a little bit. And that's Puerto, that's Puerto Rico. That's Puerto Rico. It's becoming Damn. a bridge. Thank you. Yes. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for bringing this up because uh, I, I otherwise would, you know, and in, in, in the silence of my studio, I, I would not come up with this. But, uh, you know, these are things that are there, but we just have to talk about them just to become more mindful of them. Mm. But we are in many ways bridges to contradictions and opposing views and we're trying to bring it all together. Mm. You know, we are at the crossroads of history right now. Sure. That we are seeing all these conflicts emerging throughout the world. But at the same time, it is, quote unquote, a peaceful world, right? And, you know, in many ways, we are living a very good time in human history. Us, you know, living in the United States, we are aware of that privilege. We're mindful that many places in the world cannot... Uh, say the same thing, you know, just the key word here is be mindful of where you are, where you come from, where we're heading as humanity and as individuals. Yeah. Okay. So, so maybe as a final kind of question, unless there's anything else that you want to bring up, I kind of see you as a type of sage, you know, again, hermit, like, like, like you have all these really unique, interesting things that you do and that you know, what would be a practice that you might encourage someone who's listening to cultivate that mindfulness? Is, is there, is there something that you do or is there something that, that you can throw out there that might help anyone who's listening, maybe take a step in the direction of becoming a little bit more mindful? Gee, 
there's so many ways. There's just not one way. Okay. Uh, I feel like that's the first thing to keep in mind. There's okay. Just not there's not, and there's not one right way. There's for just sure. not one right way. Exactly. There's just not one right religion. Uh, there's many paths. There's okay. many ways. You have to find your own. The first thing you have to, f uh, first of all, identify is who are you? Uh, who do you align yourself with? Mm. Uh, you know, and, and make sure that you're not being overly influenced by any outside group, although that's very difficult. That is easy, easily so said. Yeah. Yes, because it's so, I mean, we're all influenced by outside tribes and we are going to be feel like we were looking for, for, for acceptance. We are. I, I think I've been, I'm even at a point where I'm like, I don't even know that it's possible to not identify with any group. It's, can you at least be mindful of the fact that you are doing that and that's not the whole picture. Exactly. Yes. Because Absolutely. I think I think that then creates a yes. situation where you can realize, okay, there's a part of me that's full of shit. That group has some <laughs> things wrong. Yes. I mean, I really like it and I'm still going to identify with it, but at least I realize there's others and they must have something right about them. It's it's becoming mindful of what you're actually doing and where you belong without being caught in the fantasy that it's the truth and the only way to be and the right way to be. Yes. That's what makes me super nervous. Yes. I think it's deep self-introspection. It's all, uh, uh, what I do, what I personally do is, yeah. is get up early in the morning. It's like okay. 5 a.m., even earlier than that. Uh, I, I personally use the tarot, but I don't attach myself too closely to it to the point of feeling like this is some sort of divination right, or fortune right. telling. No, it's just a, a, a tool that I use for self-introspection to understand, you know, my own self-projection and, and finding ways of, of dealing with my own demons, in, inner demons mm. and, and ghosts and skeletons that I have in my, in my closet that I have to deal with, you know, and, and be mindful of who I am and where I come from. You know, once you you can you can set that aside and be able to clear that out and make sure that you know who you are, then you can move on to the to the next phase, which is really how to move on with your life and 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 really understand the world once you deal with your inner demons and know where you're coming from because then you're mindful of your own biases. Okay, I'm I'm mindful that I grew up this way or that way, and that's why I think this way. Now I'm gonna be, try to detach myself from that in order to make any moral judgments or any kind of decisions in my life that are not uniquely based on that preconceived bias. Mm. I'm gonna try to and be independent of that. It's really hard. I mean, it's easily said, but it's, it's really, it's really hard. hard. It's really hard because we we carry that inside. We carry all these frustrations, all these all this resentment that sometimes is, is you know it translate into politics, and we're not <laughs> even aware of it. You know, you fuck you, you you, you, you conservative asshole, or you liberal sissy, or whatever you want to call it. You do you give them all these names, but it's all in you it's really you projecting mm. on to the outside. you're projecting this shadows onto other mm. entities outside and and you have to deal with those shadows with those inner demons and and deal with them and and, and in ways that are creative for me it's art i tried to translate and channel these in mm. in, in creative terms you know i draw i paint i i, I try to give them form shape in order to be able to see them, name them, and picture them. 
these are my demons. These are, oh, these are, uh, so, oh, okay. I can take them out. It's, it's almost a, a, a sort of exorcism of, of sorts, right? I'm taking them out. Yeah, that's so good. Don't you think there's, there's so many problems today where a lot of people are basically just pointing their finger at the other side and saying they're the ones that have the demons we're somehow full of angels or completely yeah, pure. Yeah. That's fucking bullshit. <laughs> Both sides have demons. Yes. I, I think the best we can do is just to become aware or to use your language, become more mindful of what our demons are. I don't know that we can ever get rid of them. Acknowledge they're there, learn to work with them. Yes. And, and maybe try to see the other side that you want to hate as also human and maybe... They can teach you something. You, I'm not saying you have to agree with them or go to their side, but can we at least acknowledge our demons and realize that we're going to be imperfect and the best we can do is to maybe grow and get better a little bit every day, but we're never going to reach a type of perfection? Yes. God damn it, we have to stop demonizing the side. Let's start acknowledging our own demons. Exactly. One last thing I wanted yeah, to say yeah, to you. Yeah. Uh, anyone who is of Puerto Rican heritage or lives in the island or, or is Puerto Rican, Boricua, is embrace the vague, ambiguous identity and nature of your own colonial status. It, it's not something that's going to change tomorrow. It's not. The best thing you can do is accept it. You know, do the best for your country. Do the best for what is, you know, better for Puerto Rico, for the environment that means not making the beaches any dirtier. <laughs> That's the most patriotic thing you can do, actually, is just so keeping are, your are, environment clean. people just clean. throwing trash? Yeah, <laughs> just throwing trash and stuff like that. I'm not saying that that is something that's actually happening right now. I'm not there. Uh, but at the moment, I, 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 could, I could see that. But the thing is, you have to also, also be mindful that you're not the center of the universe. <laughs> I know it's funny that I say this, but it's something I have to say because it when when I was there living, I went back to Puerto Rico with my wife in 2010. She is from El Salvador. Not a single person asked her about her country. That is something that is still with me. That stings, day. man. It does. It's like you're not the fucking center of the universe. Right. And we have to say it. <laughs> uh, I mean, yes, because I, I got to say, whenever I was living, and I was not aware of this. I was not aware of this. When I was living in, in Puerto Rico, I was perfectly fine with uh, uh, reading the newspaper, uh, Ricky Martin this, uh, <laughs> Rosselló that, blah, 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 blah. And now everything was insular. Everything was about us, right? Everything was, while in the world was going Everything was going, you know, a lot of things were going on around the world. No one cared. Everything was about us. You know, that is a warning, not just to Puerto Ricans, to all of us. It's not just about you. It's about the world. Be mindful, not just about uh, wh who you are, where you come from. Be aware of the whole world. And that sometimes is a little depressing. I know it's a lot to ask. To be mm. aware, reading the news is depressing. I know the doom and scroll, uh, the, uh, the, the doom and gloom scrolling. Uh, it's, 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 it's hell, I know. But at the same time, it's, it's liberating mm. to know that you're not the center of it all that you don't have to know it all, that 
nothing and that all of it revolves around you, that the world goes on without you. You're going to die tomorrow and the world keeps going on. Just keep, remind you, I want you to remind yourself of that. If you die tomorrow, what's going to happen with the world five, 10 years? It's going to keep going. They don't give a fuck. The world keeps going. <laughs> so just keep that in mind, just to keep it humble. Be humble that you don't know it all. You don't have to know it all. Learn from the rest. Be open. Be open-minded. Keep an open mind. Yeah. I don't think there's anything else that I could say. Man, thank you so much. This has been really <laughs> Thanks a fun. Thanks a lot, It's been a joy, really. I really enjoy coming here and talking to you. Good. All right, man. Until next time. Until next time.